It feels like I'm about to do a comedy set, which I'm, it's not going to happen. Um, so I am going to talk to you a little bit today about a, a Bible verse and some stuff about women in leadership, something that I care deeply about. But I think one thing I want to foreground this in is that we, as people, we love progress, right? We like to think that things are getting better than they used to be, and objectively, they are, right? When we think about big societal indicators over the last 200, 2,000 years, fewer babies are dying, fewer mothers are dying. People have access to medical care, electricity, the internet, right? So in the grand scope of humanity, sometimes it feels like, well, now we're just looking at incremental progress, and that's okay. But today, we're going to talk about how women are doing. And so if you're not a woman, you still get to listen. So that's a good thing. If you are a woman, maybe you'll be like, I'm tired of hearing about this. But you get to listen, too. Um, so just to give you some ideas in terms of progress for women, since 1982, women have earned more bachelor's degrees than men. Since 1987, they've earned more master's degrees. And since 2006, more PhDs. That includes me. Uh, so more than half of women age 16 and older are in, are in the labor force, but they still make up just less than half of the, the labor force overall, which is a tricky statistic, and you're probably trying to do the math, but it's okay. Just believe me. I got it off the internet. <laughs> Not reassuring? <laughs> Uh, in 2021, half, a little over half of all management, professional, and related occupations were held by women, and women were 24% of all C-suite employees. So this sounds great, right? Like, we're moving in the right direction. And there's one number that is pretty hard to move, and I'm going to tell you what that number is right now. It's the percentage of women CEOs of Fortune 500 companies. Topped out at 8.8% this year. That's 44 women, because 8 out of 500, or 44 out of 100. 500 is 4.4. Just two of those were black women, the second and third black women ever to be on the list. Uh, so this number is the number that's hard to move. And that's the number of women who are in you know, leading top big companies, right? When we think about women in leadership, maybe you're thinking about your boss. If you work for not a Fortune 500 company, you're thinking about people that you know, right, that are in careers. Maybe you're thinking about yourself, right? And the reason I think that these are important to think about is because as we think about progress and what it looks like to support women in leadership, you know, we have to think about what's moving, what direction are we going in? And when we think about where women are now, where they've been in the past, there's still some inequities that we have to address. Us. But I think as a church, we have the opportunity to step into that, to be agents of, of transformation, and I want to talk about that a little bit today. So we're going to look at a very short story that if you've spent any time in any church, you've probably heard before. So that's exciting. Be very familiar. Um, but I want to talk about it in the context of women's leadership. And so hopefully one thing that you'll take away from this is it's a beautiful day, you made it through church, you get to go to brunch, but also that, uh, that women's and men's leadership both will benefit from the centering voice of Jesus and that there's work that we can do together to advance leadership for everyone. So we'll go to the passage. It's from Luke chapter 10, verse 38. And I think it's going to appear. We had a little AV trouble earlier. So there it is. Uh, as Jesus and his disciples were on their way, he came to a village where a woman named Martha opened her home to him. She had a sister called Mary who sat at the Lord's feet listening to what he said. But Martha was distracted by all the preparations that had to be made. She came to him and asked, Lord, don't you care that my sister has left me to do all the work by myself? Tell her to help me. Martha, Martha, the Lord answered, you are worried and upset about many things. But few things are needed, or indeed only one. 
Mary has chosen what is better, and it will not be taken away from her. So there are three things that I see in this passage that might help us think about leadership, how to step into it for the first time, or to deepen our perspective on it. And the first, not surprising, you saw where this is going. Leadership isn't related to our gender. And right now you're all like inwardly rolling your eyes like it's 2022, we get it, like come on Kate, like we're here, we know this, right? But I think there's still something in this that's really important to think about, right? And the first is that Martha and Mary both exemplify this idea of leadership, right? Mary's the one that we typically think of, right? She's busting into the living room, sitting at the feet of Jesus, totally countering all the gendered expectations that the, the time has for her about whether she can learn about spiritual matters, whether she can teach others, right? This is the one where like, yeah, Mary, get in there, do the stuff, right? And it is leadership, right? Mary's making the case with her behavior that spiritual matters and spiritual leadership are for women. And Jesus doesn't rebuke her for it. He's not like, just wait outside. You know, her ear isn't like pressed up to the door, like trying to get what she can get, right? She's in the room. She's at the table. This is a big deal. But I think Martha is also leading, Right? Martha is somebody that I think will resonate with all of us too. Right? She has something that she feels like she's supposed to do, but she wants to do it really, really well. well right? Like she is hosting a dinner party for like a celebrity, right? and she wants everybody to leave, being like, that was the best dinner of my life. Right? I want, everybody wants the recipe. They're all posting about it on Instagram. Right? This is the thing. We want to be at Martha's house. Right? So she has this vision that she's trying to execute. Right? She wants to impress everybody. She wants everyone to leave satisfied, happy, talking about what, what, what went on. Right? And it's the kind of thing that even when we know what's expected of us, we want to do it really well. That is a form of leadership too. And I think it's easy to overlook that ambition on her part. Right? And that word ambition is one that we typically associate with leadership and with masculinity. Right? We don't really like ambitious women. And I think we see a little bit of that, that in how Martha is discussed. But the issue here is that Martha can't see that Mary is also leading. Right? And in order to accomplish her vision of leadership, she has to step on Mary. Right? She devalues and dismisses what Mary's doing in order to accomplish what she sees as being more important. And I think that happens to us all the time. Right? We talk over someone in a meeting. We don't give out the assignment that we think is going to be more important for us. Right? We say, they can go to that seminar later. They don't need to learn this thing. I don't have time. Right? My, my work is more important. My thing is more important. And we miss the opportunity to grow leaders, to usher in potential, and to move women forward. And men sometimes, too. Right? And so we have to have our eyes opened. Right? We have to see where there's leadership around us, who is ready to move forward, and then we have to, to learn how to value that. But even as she's you know, in the process of trying to figure this all out, Martha does recognize that she needs help. And that's the second thing I think that we see here, is that leadership requires asking for what we need. The thing that I like about what Martha does is that we don't hear that she's like in the kitchen banging around with the pots and pans. Somebody's like, what's going on? Do you need help? Right? Or like yelling from the, the dining room, can somebody help me set the table? Or like, oh, hello, I'm in here. You know, right? She's not like hinting about it. She's a little rude. She's a little disruptive. But she busts right in. She's like, Jesus, I need help in the kitchen. Can my sister help me? Right? Tell her to help me. Let's do this. Right? 
and she goes right to Jesus, the person she knows can help, the person that she knows can step in and change the situation, right? And look at what she says. She says, don't you care that I'm doing all this work by myself? Isn't it unfair, right? And I think we've probably all said that, right? We've all done a group project, I'm sure, right? Don't you care that I'm doing all the group project work by myself? We talk about our teammates. We want to say this to our managers, right? Like, it's unfair. I'm doing this all by myself. Right? Leadership can be lonely. It can feel unfair. It can feel like we're the only ones that are in it. We're in it by ourselves. Right? And for women, there might not always be a roadmap. You know, our, our community group was talking about this the other night. It's hard to see who's gone ahead of you, who's figured this out before. There's no mentorship. There's no example. Who's had a family and, and done what you want to do? Right? There's a lot to learn. It can be hard. And as we execute our own leadership, there will be times when it feels unfair and times when we need help. And so the question that I have for you is, are you going to be somebody that helps? Right? Because it wasn't just Jesus and Mary hanging out in the living room. There were other people there. Right? Other people could have come in to help. And Mary is also looking for help. Right? Her thing is, I want to be a leader. I want to learn about spiritual matters. I'm going to sit here and learn from this person who is teaching. Right? That's, she's trying to get what she needs also. And because Martha doesn't value what Mary's doing, she doesn't see that spending time with Jesus, that learning from his, him is essential for Mary's growth. And so because Martha's looking for someone, anyone, to help her, right? she's willing to go to the wrong person to fix the problem. And so what if Martha had gone to Mary and Mary had just said, okay, yeah, sure, I'll help you. right? She's going to miss out on that opportunity the one time that Jesus is in her home, she can sit in there, listen, without being ostracized, right? What if someone else in the room had looked around and said, you know what, I've heard this before, like, I'm good, I can, you know, drain the pasta, right? There was probably someone else who could, said, could say, I can help you. And leaders need help, right? We know this. If you're in any kind of leadership position, you know you need help, right? And if you're a woman, you're probably asked or expected to help more often, right? You're the one in the meeting who's like, can you just take notes, right? Or do you mind scheduling that? Do you mind sending out the invitation? Do you mind approving this? Do you mind talking to that person, right? We add to your plate, right, in ways that mean that you don't get to do the core work that allows you to move ahead. So are you a person who's going to say, you know what, I can take notes this time, Right? I can send out that invitation. I can do the thing so that the other person can step into leadership that they need. I think that's who we can be. And I think the key here is that Martha and to some extent Mary right, have signaled that they need help. And this is where I think it gets really exciting because Jesus says, yes, I'm happy to help you. Unfortunately, you're not going to get what you think you need. Right? Because the third thing that happens in this passage is that Jesus clarifies that leadership isn't a, is about what's important, right? not what's urgent. And so Jesus steps in and he resets Martha's priorities. He invites her right, into a leadership style where he's the priority, he's at the center. And he says, you're worried, you're distracted by many things. And he sees the struggle, right? He doesn't say, you know what, it's fine, we can just eat peanut butter and jelly sandwiches, nobody's going to care. Right? Like, he doesn't do that. He doesn't say, it's okay if it's not perfect. I mean, who really cares? Right? He just says, you know, I get it. I see. I see what you're facing. Let me help you understand where you can reset your priorities and things will be different. 
He doesn't belittle her, right, and her leadership or her goals. He offers a different perspective, some gentle correction, but he also doesn't react the way that she wants him to, right? She's like, Jesus, get my sister to go into the kitchen and help me. He's like, yeah, no, we're not going to do that. That's not what we're doing here, right? He says, you've lost sight of what's important. And if you take this moment away from Mary, you're going to lose sight of the bigger picture of what's happening, right? This is kingdom building work, bringing everyone to the table, letting everyone into this opportunity to learn and grow and become leaders spiritually, right? What that work is, is countercultural. It's important. It's why I get to stand up here today, right? We can't, we can't devalue that. And so instead, you know, Mark, Jesus says, put me at the center. Let go of the things that you think are so important. Let go of your worries and your distractions. Because the worries and the distractions are the things that are in, uh, increasingly making Martha step on Mary, right? He says, if you can let those go and you can see what's happening for your sister, then you can step into the kind of leadership that allows everyone to flourish, Right? And I think that's, that's what we want, right? We want everyone to flourish. No one wants to be a leader who's like, I'm a leader at the expense of all of these other people behind me, right? That's just, that's not who we are, right? That doesn't feel good. But so often I think we fall into that trap because we're worried, we're distracted. Like, if this doesn't go my way, I won't get the thing, or I, won't do the promo I won't get the promotion, I won't get the raise. No one will see that I'm worry or worthy or valuable or have what it takes. So I have to step on people. Right? Or I have to dismiss people. Or I have to not worry about that right now because I'm so focused on my stuff. And Jesus just says, that's not what's important. Let's find the bigger picture. Right? And he doesn't say that the worries and the distractions are invalid. He just says only one thing is needed. Right? And it's to, to find a vision and to find a, a style that puts Jesus at the center of that leadership and to move forward with that. And he says, when you welcome Jesus into your life, or Martha's case, into her home, right? He says, that's the way we recognize and we see how others are learning and growing and we become able to facilitate. There's more of us. We're able to be generous with our time, with our resources. And he says he values us for who we are, not for what we can do. He doesn't hold, us, hold it against us when our vision of our leadership doesn't measure up, Right? So he invites Martha to continue to lead, but in a way that supports others, that makes everyone feel welcome, right? And I love that. That to me is what it looks like, is saying, let's focus on what's really important here, right? What's going to move us all forward? And that's why I don't think it's just a lesson for Martha or a lesson for women in these passages. I think it's really about how do we support everyone, right? How do we be a place that amplifies the voices of those who are trying to step into leadership, right? That sustains and supports, that finds vision, right? And, and becomes a place where we can actually cheer each other on, ensure that people have what they need, and then be people who in our workplaces look different, right? We look like people who support, who help, who amplify, because we know what's at the center of our own leadership. And I think that's why progress is important. But when we start to think radically about the way that Jesus is at the center of our lives and our leadership, it becomes transformative. I think that's what we really want, right, as a church. And so that's the question I want to leave you with today. It's a brief, brief message. There's just a few of us here. But where are you prioritizing your own 
leadership goals at the expense of others, right? And if you asked Jesus to intervene, if you came to him and said, um, Jesus, I need help. Can you make so-and-so do this thing so that I get what I need? What would he tell you, right? What, what would that interaction look like? Um, because I think we can be leaders and we can be supporters. And I think Jesus has a message for us all in this passage, right? He shows us how to do both, how to be people who lead out of our skills and our gifts and who support those who are doing the same. And so it's not a leadership that's defined by gender, right? It's a leadership that asks for help and it's a leadership that centers on what's important. Those are the things that I see here. And as we make space and we support each other, we're agents of transformation. And I think that's really exciting. So I'm going to stop there. I'm going to invite the band to come back up. Um, and this is typically where we go into a time of ministry, right? So I think, you know, if you're somebody who feels like they might be called to lead, but you're not sure where, we want to invite you up. We want to pray with you about that, help you think about where to step into leadership, whether it's in the church or in your workplace, out in the world. If there's a leader in your life that you feel called to support in different ways, we want to pray with you about that, help you listen for what the Holy Spirit might have to say. Um, or if you need other forms of prayer, you know, we're here for that too. So we'll sing this last song together, um, and we'll pray for anyone who wants prayer. Um, and thank you. I, th I think this is an exciting, I think it's exciting, right, to be at this time in the world, to think about how we help each other, how we grow, um, and how we become people who move the world forward by supporting those around us. Thanks.